0: The Story of Perseus, Part 1, How Perseus and His Mother Came to Seraphus. read from the book The Heroes, or Greek Fairy Tales for My Children, by Charles Kingsley, originally written in 1901. Once upon a time a great while ago, there were two princes who were twins. Their names were Acrisius and Proetus and they lived in the pleasant vale of Argos. They had fruitful meadows and vineyards, sheep and oxen, great herds of horses feeding down in Lernafen, and all else that men could need to make them blessed. And yet, they were, each of them, wretched, because they were jealous of each other. From the moment they were born, they began to fight and quarrel. And when they grew up, each eventually tried to take away the other's share of their kingdom. And keep it all for himself. So first, Acrisius drove out Proetus, and he went across the seas, Proetus that is, and brought home a foreign princess for his wife, and foreign warriors to help him, who were called Cyclops. And eventually, he drove out Acrisius. And then they fought a long while after that, up and down the land, till the quarrel was settled. That settlement involved Acrisius taking Argos and one half of the land and Proetus taking Tiryns and the other half. Proetus and his cyclops built around Tiryns great walls of unhewn stone, which are standing still to this day. But soon there came a prophet to that hard-hearted Acrisius and prophesied against him and said, because you have risen up against your own blood, your blood shall rise up against you Because you have sinned against your kin, by your kin you shall be punished. Your daughter, Danae, shall bear a son, and by that son's hand you shall die. So the gods have ordained, and it will surely come to pass. Of course, with that news, Acrisius was very much afraid, but he did not mend his ways. He had been cruel to his own family, and instead of repenting and being kind to them, He went on to be more cruel than ever for he shut up his fair daughter danae in a cavern underground lined with brass that no one may come near her so he fancied himself more cunning than even the gods but you will see presently whether he was able to escape them now however it may have happened it came to pass that in time danae bore a son and so beautiful a babe was this son that any but King Acrisius would have had pity on it, but he had no pity, for he took Danae and her babe down to the seashore and put them into a great chest and thrust them out to sea for the winds and the waves to carry them whithersoever they would. The northwest wind blew freshly out of the blue mountains and down the pleasant vale of Argos and away out to sea, and away out to sea before it floated the mother and her babe, while all who watched them wept save that cruel father king acrisius and so they floated on and on and the chest danced up and down on the billows and the baby slept upon its mother's breast but the poor mother could not sleep at all she simply watched and wept and she sang to her baby as they floated after many days they were past the last blue headland and in the open sea and there is nothing round them but waves and the sky and the wind. But the waves are gentle, and the sky is clear, and the breeze is tender and low. For these are the days when Halcyon and Syax built their nests, and no storms ever ruffle the pleasant summer sea. And who were Halcyon and Syax, you may ask? You shall hear while the chest floats on. Halcyon was a fair maiden, the daughter of the beach and of the wind, and she loved a sailor boy and married him, and none on the earth were so happy as they. But at last Siax was wrecked, and before he could swim to shore, the billows swallowed him up. Halcyon saw him drowning and leapt into the sea to save him, but in vain. Seeing this, the immortals took pity on them both and changed them into fair seabirds, And now they build a floating nest every year, and sail up and down happily forever upon the pleasant seas of Greece. So another night passed, and another day, and a long day it was for Danae, and another night and day beside, till Danae was faint with hunger and weeping, and yet no land appeared. But all the while the babe slept quietly and peacefully, and at last poor Danae dropped her head and fell asleep likewise with her cheek against her babes. After a while, she was awakened suddenly, for the chest was jarring and grinding, and the air was full of sound. She looked up, and over her head were mighty cliffs, all red in the setting sun, and around her rocks and breakers, and flying flakes of foam. She brought her hands together and shrieked aloud for help, and when she cried, help met her. For now there came over to the rocks a tall and stately man, and looked down, wondering upon poor Danae tossing about in the chest among the waves. He wore a commoner's cloak, and on his head a broad hat to shade his face. In his hand he carried a trident for spear fishing, and over his shoulder was a casting net. But Danae could see that he was no common man by his stature, his walk, his flowing golden hair and beard, and by the two servants who came behind him, carrying baskets for his fish. But she hardly had time to look at him before he had laid aside his trident and leapt down the rocks, throwing his casting net so surely over Danae and the chest that he was able to draw it in, and her, and the baby, safe upon the ledge of rock. Then the fisherman took Danae by the hand and lifted her out of the chest, saying, O beautiful damsel, what strange chance has brought you to this island in so frail a ship? Who are you and whence? Surely you are some king's daughter by your beauty, and this boy seems somewhat more than mortal. As he spoke he motioned towards the babe, for its face shone like the morning star, but Danae only held down her head and sobbed, replying, Tell me what land have I come to, unhappy that I am, and among what men have I fallen? Why, this isle is called Seraphis, and I am a Helen, and I dwell in it. I am the brother of Polydectus the king, and men call me Dictus the Netter, because I catch the fish of the shore. Danae then fell at his feet and embraced his knees and cried, O sir, have you pity upon a stranger whom a cruel doom has driven to your land? "'and let me live in your house as a servant, "'but treat me honorably, for I was once a king's daughter, "'and this, my boy, as you have truly said, "'is of no common race. "'I promise I will not be a charge to you "'or eat the bread of idleness, "'for I am more skillful in weaving and embroidery "'than all the maidens of my land.' "'Dictus stopped her and raised her up and said, "'My daughter, I am old, and my hairs are growing gray.' though I have no children to make my home cheerful. Come with me then, and you shall be a daughter to me and my wife, and this babe shall be our grandchild, for I fear the gods and show hospitality to all strangers, knowing that good deeds, like evil ones, always return to those who do them. And so Danae was comforted and went home with Dictus the good fisherman, and was a daughter to him and to his wife, till 15 years were passed.